We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. What's going on, guys? Today is a big day. I'm very excited. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. Andrew and I told you yesterday that you're going to get two special episodes this week. Today is the intro episode, and tomorrow will be the very first episode of George's Box. It's a new podcast that we're bringing to you from Bronx Pinstripes, hosted by JJ and Keith. These two guys are extremely talented. They have been working their butts off behind the scenes to bring you guys Another absolutely phenomenal show. So they will be telling you all about it today, telling you all about themselves so you can get to know them and find out exactly what George's Box is going to be all about. So I'm not going to talk any longer. Without further ado, here is JJ and Keith with the intro episode of George's Box. Box. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the introduction to the pre-first episode of George's Box, brought to you by BronxPinstripes.com, uh, presented by eventually, hopefully, a lot of sponsors. That's the goal. I am your host, JJ, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Keith McPherson. Keith. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. I like that. Thank right? You. I'm going to hype you up big time. So really what we're looking to do here is to give you a little bit of introduction to who we are. I know if you've been following Bronx Pinstripes, maybe you've been following me, maybe you followed Keith. But for people who don't know who we are, we want to give you a little bit of an idea of who we are, what we're going to be doing uh, as we deliver a podcast to you every Wednesday about the Yankees and the world around the New York Yankees. Um, Keith has been with Bronx Pinstripes for a couple of years doing some social media stuff, doing some videos, uh, yep. you know, BP. Re- and, you know, really just being part of the BP crew. Um, I come from Barstool Sports, so uh, maybe you heard of us, maybe you haven't. We want you to know who we are, and every Wednesday, you are going to get a new show from us, probably about an hour long, and we've got some fun stuff planned throughout the year, but Keith, uh, as we you know, almost kind of justify why we're here and who we are and why people should listen to us, uh, you're a, a born and raised Yankee fan just like myself, right? Yes, sir. I uh, mean... It goes, yeah, I would say for both of us, it's got to go back that far, right? Yeah. Was uh, your dad a Yankee fan? Yeah, uh, my first game that I went to was on uh, Tuesday, April 16th, 1985. The Yankees won 6-5 to five in a walk-off home, home opener against the Chicago White Sox. So uh, I was born in February. My dad brought me to the, the home opener that year. So yeah, I can't post a stat like that. Eighties, <laughs> nineties. I don't know when my first Yankee game was, but um, there's pictures of me very little with Yankee logos on my shirts, hats. Um, my dad is definitely a Yankee fan. Um, my mom, I guess she would be a Yankee fan. Um, growing up, no one told me what to be. Um, I watched TV like every other kid in the nineties, and the Yankees won. And I was a Bernie Williams fan. I remember a couple of people telling me I looked like Bernie Williams very young, and I was sold. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I had a, my dad grew up going to Yankee games, going to a a ton of games. He actually had one of those passes that gets you two tickets to any game uh, through a family friend when he was in his 20s. So he could just go to any game and get it. Um, And so he started bringing me. I'm born and raised in the Bronx on City Island. I went to the Bronx High School of Science, which is about four train stops north of Yankee Stadium. So a... Being an Irish guy from the Bronx, or at the time an Irish kid from the Bronx, and going to high school right near the stadium presented me with a unique opportunity that I had a friend whose dad was a cop at Yankee Stadium. So we could get on the train, go down, and there was no StubHub, there was no SeatGeek. He would just walk up to a scalper and confiscate tickets and give them to us. Like, that's so lit, bro. Like... (laughs) I can't even, like, that's like you you write in the, the movie, right? Like, that's some type of movie stuff. Like, I was in Jersey where everybody, I assume, is a Yankees fan, but I know there's Mets fans, I know there's Phillies fans, but, like, I just remember the, like, energy when I was young. Like, in the fall when, like, postseason baseball was coming, everybody had a Yankee hat on or everybody was talking about the Yankees. And this is before technology was so big. It was like all the papers were writing about the Yankees and the radio was talking about the Yankees. So how could you not be a Yankee fan? Now you were literally right by the stadium. I was almost two hours south of the stadium 
And uh, uh, Monmouth County, I would say, maybe is an hour and 45. I don't want to make I mean, it with too far. I mean, with traffic, that's right, a two-hour Right, with, tra- with traffic, traffic, that's a two-hour hike to get to Yankee Stadium. So I, I definitely wasn't pulling up in 85. I wasn't born. But even in the 90s, no one was driving me up there. It was kind of like you're a Yankee fan based off of what you got from the media. Um, I think it's dope that you're experienced. And we got you on BP Bronx Pinstripes. You are a Bronx guy personified. Very, I mean, much, very much so. Born and raised. Love the Bronx. Uh, you know, I know it has the best pizza of all five boroughs. You know, it's the important things like that. So um, you have a very unique background, I would say, in the world of baseball because you are basically the real world of baseball. You were yeah. a – I don't know if you were you considered a – I guess they called you the cave dwellers, but you're almost a cast member – on yeah. the reality show that was the MLB Fan Cave. Yeah, uh, the Cave Dwellers title came from the MLB Fan Cave. So the kids in the cave are the Cave Dwellers. But um, I've put on my resume like social media ambassador, Fan Cave representative. Um, yeah, there's definitely like a real world element to it. They selected us. Um you know, eight strangers representing baseball teams across the country come together to watch every single game at the MLB fan cave, like literally like Willy Wonka's factory type thing. Like they open the fan cave and we're running through the cave like, yo, this is where we're going to watch every game this season. Like that actually happened for me. So how do you um, how do you end up on that? Well, I mean, my story is crazy. Uh, I went to school with this girl. Shout out to Victoria Ritz. Um, she was working in casting, um, I think, at MTV at the time, foreshadowing where I ended up. Um and she reached out to me on Facebook and she's like, hey, I always see you like in pictures at Yankee Stadium or, you know, you literally have a Yankee hat on every day. Like, or, like you seem like a big Yankee fan from your post. Your statuses are like, you know, criticizing the Yankees most of the time. <laughs> and um, I'm like, yeah, I was like, of course, I'm a Yankee fan. She's like, you should submit. Sends me a link. It's like, send us a two minute video. Tell us why you're a fan and why you should be picked to be in the MLB fan cave. At this time, I didn't know what the fan cave was. I saw the fan cave on baseball tonight and i thought it was just like oh it's new york city they have a place for major league baseball fans to go watch games like that's cool i thought like to almost apply, like a like almost like a sports bar type thing you thought it more was? like yeah more like remember like espn zone that used yeah. to be like i thought it was something like that um i'm like apply for what and then i read more into it and it's like okay you know i saw the class before me they pick fans from different teams to come and do you know social media digital stuff write write blogs um do podcasts, create video content, meet the players, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yo, this would be sick. I would love to do this. Um, I submitted, and then it took a few months, but through each month, every other week or so, maybe like three weeks most went by, someone was calling me from a 212 area code um, saying, hey, this is such and such with MTV casting. Like, you're still in the running for the MLB fan cave. Like, are you still interested? What's going on? Can we ask you some more questions? I'm like, is this real life? Yeah. So what's in so what is entailed in being a part of that? I mean that that was every day beginning of the season to end of the season just kind of watching every game. It was so much more than that. It was like uh, one it's like a 14-hour day watching every single game. Two, you have, you know, some of your rivals next to you. You have, you know, um people coming in that are in from New Zealand visiting New York City and want to see the fan cave. Then Charlie Blackman might show up. 
then we need you guys to do a Snapchat story. And then like we're playing like um, we're playing fantasy baseball. We're, we're playing a game called Home Run Derby, trying to see who can pick the people that are going to hit the most home runs or, you know, most home runs for the week. Um, we're playing beat the, the streak. It's like a all encompassing like baseball world. And you go there, first pitch is at 105 or 1235. You, it's like you're clocking in for the day. And you don't leave until the last out of the West Coast game every day. <laughs> That's a long, wild experience. Um, I imagine it, that makes for a really long summer. You're not making it to the shore. But yeah. And you a, gotta love it. You got you. Ha, you literally, if you if you didn't love it, you would have. You couldn't make it through the first week of games. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy experience. I remember when they were doing that. Um, just, it seemed like a, a great opportunity. And I know we've talked a little bit bit about it, kind of off air. And I know what a tremendous experience it was. You know, for you to be able to do that, and then from there, it kind of tied in that you just got. You know, you you built, at least my understanding, some camera presence really just broadcasting presence to then start get involved with some of the bronx pinstripe stuff and and kind of here we are yeah um i mean shout out to mlb major league baseball like they had everything in there that you could possibly want to do if you want to shoot something we can set you up with a camera we can sh- set you up with a script like we were creating things all the time and i went to school for radio and television so i kind of just took that with me and the biggest component that I tell people that got me into the fan cave, it wasn't that I was the world's biggest Yankee fan. It was I was a big Yankee fan and a DJ. They needed someone to DJ the place. We had fashion events, wine parties, um, hosted different people and different sponsors and, you know, Delta and I don't know, Pepsi. Um, someone had to DJ. So I was able to DJ all of the events, DJ when the players came, like Yasiel Puig comes, we're, we're turning up. Uh, that was the biggest thing that I think got me in there and the fan cave helped me like facilitate all of that um mostly obviously the social media part which um i went on to to work after the fan cave but yeah you're 100 percent right it, it did help me facilitate like what i'm doing now um that's similar awesome. similar to like you know how, how you've been in, in front of the camera with stadium eats and uh some of the barstool stuff we, we all know about that tell us uh tell us a little bit about how you got into barstool because i know you're, you're doing your own thing now but Let's let's take them back to when that started and uh, give us that origin story from JJ from the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, for anyone who who doesn't know who I am, I you know, like I said, born and raised in the Bronx, grew up, uh, went to college in Philly, uh, started doing some stand up in Philly, just kind of as a hobby. I worked in advertising, and I thought it'd be fun to uh, learn how to present better by telling you know kind of dirty jokes at night. And then from there, I moved back to New York, and a buddy of mine, Kevin, who uh, is KFC with Barstool, and I were talking, and they were looking for a Yankee guy, and I didn't know if it'd be for me, and I thought maybe one day I'd get free tickets to one game if I wrote some blogs. So I kind of took that on, and Barstool was very small at the time, and big shout out to them. Uh, They get knocked around in the press a lot, so whether you like them, you hate them, uh, whatever your feelings are on them personally, I, you know, I could tell you that they're always great to me. And, you know, if you don't like it, change the channel. But from that, I got the opportunity to really just do whatever I wanted to do. So I could podcast, I could go on other shows, I could go on WFAN. Uh, whenever someone offered, I was able to do whatever, you know, I really wanted to. And from that, 
I started making a web series called Stadium Eats, where I go around Yankee Stadium and some other stadiums and really just review the food. I uh, actually just got back from Tampa, where we were down there for the BP Crew event, and uh, filmed the first episode of the new season with uh, with Scott. And so I'll be doing that all season two. So if you see me at Yankee Wait. Stadium, I'm probably going to be eating uh, on camera, which is it takes balls to <laughs> do that. It takes some balls to do that. And yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to really, you know, shooting the shit with you every week, talking about baseball, talking about the Yankees and really, you know, what's going on with the Yankees, what we think they should do, what we think they shouldn't do. But I think one difference between us and the, you know, original Bronx Pinstripe show, because, uh, you know, some people have asked me when I told them, I said, well, you know, how's your show going to be different? Yeah, for sure. Those guys, Scott and Andrew do a a great job at uh, really breaking down the game, getting guests that... You know, can or from Baseball America, and I'll, I'll talk really the X's and O's. Um, I think we both can talk X and X's and O's, but we're more Jimmys and Joes, guys. Let's talk sure. about the decisions they're making, why they're making them, what's kind of funny behind that. You know, we have segments planned for every week where uh, we're going to have someone come on and talk sabermetrics, and it's called Shut Up Nerd. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Yankees Twitter. What's going on in Yankees Twitter? What do we love about it? What do we hate about it? Uh, every week we're going to bring you the story that's not a story. Baseball is a long season, and the regular media needs to make something out of nothing at a certain point. And every week we're going to make fun of the fact that no one cares if Zach Britton changed his name from an H to a K. There's no right. reason for any kind of reporting on that. To the casual fan, like, who is Zach Britton? Like, you know, why are you talking about his jersey change? But, hey, story is not a story. There's a bunch of those. And, like, the greatest thing about baseball is there's a bunch of little storylines through baseball that make it that much greater to watch. And that's what people on the outside don't get, right? Oh, you guys actually watch baseball? Like, when I was in the cave, you guys watch baseball all day? Do you like it? It's like, what are you talking about? Of course we like it, and we know about it. That's why we're so into it. So, I think people will come to this podcast. They'll hear our takes. Uh, you're hilarious. I'm a little peculiar, I think. And <laughs> the name George's Box, like, I don't know. I always look at, like, the Steinbrenner family and, like, George Steinbrenner. I literally just went back and watched old Seinfeld clips of, like, the George. Because I didn't watch Seinfeld growing up. But I look at, like, George Steinbrenner and us naming this George's Box as, like, imagine we were sitting in George's Box and, like, had our own little area to, like, chat about the Yankees, chat about what's going on in Major League Baseball up on that perch of like overlooking the Yankees, overlooking all of Major League Baseball in New York City once a week, maybe twice a week. You know what I'm saying? Like us back and forth, just having a chat at the ballpark or, you know, the weekend chat outside of the ballpark that, you know, everyone's going to have this season. Yeah, I would say if you're new to us, you you don't know who we are, uh, give us a shot. Uh, Our first couple episodes are going to come out on the Bronx Pinstripe Show uh, feed. We'll also have our own feed, George's Box. You'll be able to get on iTunes, you know, kind of all the places where you get podcasts. You'll be able to get it everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, give us a shot. We'll both be around the stadium all year filming videos, hanging out. We'll be at the BP events. Uh, I went to my first BP event this weekend in Tampa. And for a place that's it's not even Yankee Stadium, yeah. uh, I think we had like 100 people. So Super solid. Yeah, so you know, we want to see you out at those events. We want to meet you guys. We want your feedback. There's going to be the opportunity to uh, you know send in questions that we'll answer for you to be a part of the show. Uh, and and really, we're excited to do this. You know, I think yeah. you could follow us both on social media. You could follow me on Twitter 
at JJ from the Bronx. You could follow me with the same name on Instagram. Keith, where can they find you? Um, same, you know, Keith McPherson at Keith McPherson on Twitter at Keith McPherson on Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, wherever you can find me. It's just going to be my first and last name. I, I dropped my DJ alias a long time ago. And uh, I've also dropped my DJ alias as well. <laughs> uh, so you can also find us on Twitter at George's Box Pod. Uh, we're still building out that profile and everything, but give it a follow. You'll get clips from here. You'll get uh, a bunch of relatively interesting information about the show and what we're trying to do. Uh, but we appreciate you giving us a chance. Keith, I'm excited to work with you this year. Uh, we're going to have a shit ton of fun getting to kind of provide just a little more commentary on our road to our 20th championship. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's the 10-year mark. Uh I think this is a year that we win it. I think this is the year that everyone's looking for us to win it. Um, I think as much coverage as we can create, as much chatter as we can create, dialogue, video content around the Yankees, why not? Um, I think, obviously, your barstool experience, my fan cave experience, and other things we've both done over time puts us in a good position to create some good content. Hopefully people like it. Hopefully people you know listen to the podcast, subscribe, follow us. Um, whatever. I think we're, uh, we're only adding to, you know, the embarrassment of riches this Yankees team has with the social media and the digital aspect being dope too. Like, I don't know how many other fan bases have a Bronx pinstripes. Um, shout out to Scott, shout out to Andrew. Cause I've been watching them. Like, here's a story for you. Like before I got in the fan cave, they were my go-to source for everything. Twitter, checking out the website, reading about the Yankees, like, that's where I went for Yankee news and not knocking any of the, um, you know, other places that people go or whatever. For me, it was BP. So when I got into the fan cave, um, I invited Scott and whoever he might want to come to the fan cave and watch a Yankee game with me just because I was saying to them, hey, I'm a fan and I want to share this fan cave experience because, like, like, I feel a part of you guys. And that's the thing. Scott has always made fans and people that root for the Yankees and support us feel like, yo, you're a part of this machine. And the guys came and watched the game with me. They were super cool. I literally felt like it was like five of me's, Justin, Ryan. Um, I forget who else came. I'm, I'm forgetting who else came there and be mad at me. But shout out to you guys. Um, and I've been working with Bronx Pinstripes ever, ever since. I've gone to um, – some people might recognize me from going to Wrigley last year. I did the snap story. Uh, I think we won 3-2. I think it was two years ago. 3-2 um, when Brett Garner hit that home run. On Cinco de Mayo. You were there as well, right? I was standing behind you, and we didn't know each other. How crazy is that? Like, I'm in the bleachers and left field behind Gardner. They're they're giving him hell, <laughs> and like he hears them, and I know he hears them. It's it, like you can't not hear them, and he paid him back. And I caught that moment on Snap, and I'm like, you know, that video we put on Facebook, and a bunch of people hit me up. Hey, man, keep doing that. So I've I've taken Bronx pinstripes with me to different stadiums um, that I've hit, and I, you know, I, I still plan on doing that. But now, you know, on another platform, a podcast, you know, I'll be able to share some experiences and some stuff with you guys, too. And then, you know, obviously, JJ and I, you know, we're going to London this year. Like, we're going to be on the podcast. We'll share that on Snap. Like, this whole thing's just going to go. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think, you know, we're excited to meet everyone. So give us a chance. Uh, download, subscribe, rate, all those fun things. We're going to see you all year at Bronx Pinstripes events. We'll see you at other games. We'll see you in London. And uh, Keith, man, I'm excited to work with you. I think we're going to have a really good time. And now we get to close it out uh, by probably so far the best part of this show, letting Susan Waldman do her thing. Thank you guys very much. And we'll see you every Wednesday. Lit. See you soon.